0: Hello. My name is Reverend Seth Nelson and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. First Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 through 20. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have said, spoken concerning. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house, from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here I am. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. Here ends our scripture lesson. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Religious organizations are irrelevant They don't care about the needs of people. Their leaders no longer listen to what God is telling them, nor can they remain relevant to the people around them. Though some of their leaders are trustworthy, many are not. They are fraudsters, conmen, and some of them are even abusers of the worst kind. Even for the family men among them, their children are known to run wild and ruin their parents' reputations in the community. Faith communities are definitely not what they once were. When God calls to them, I doubt they can even listen. Now, am I speaking about the church today? Or am I speaking about the synagogues of Eli's day? Even more to the point, is there any difference? Is there any difference between the synagogues of Eli's time and the church in our own time? In Eli's day, the elder held faithfully on to religious tradition while his children went off and ran amok in the world. Is that so different than our own time when so many churches retain older members, but have lost the young to the distractions of the world? Maybe. Were the religious centers of Eli's time so different when it seemed that God had gone silent about their future survival and their ministry in the world? Perhaps, is the church of our own day basically like that of Eli's lifetime? There are strong parallels. One thing I feel confidently saying about the church of our own time is that many of us wish the realities of our institutions and our society were different. I know of no pastor, or deacon, church president, or bishop who is excited about a decline in church membership. I know of no preacher who is grateful that fewer and fewer people listen to us than in previous decades. I know of no synod leader who is excited about the responsibility of closing churches that were once blossoming, thriving, and flourishing. I know a few church members who are excited by the reality of seeing fewer young parents in the pews, children absent from our children's sermons, and empty Sunday school rooms in our buildings. In these ways, I would say that there are strong parallels with the picture painted by First Samuel about what the temple life looked like in the era of Eli. Nevertheless, if we only pay attention to these abysmal, worldly realities surrounding the text, we can easily end up missing the forest for the trees, as they say. It was in such a time and place, a world of spiritual decay and decline in the temple, that God did a truly wonderful and remarkable thing. It was into such a space that God spoke raised up a new prophet, and ended up doing some of the most powerful work recorded through the whole of Scripture. Faithlessness among God's chosen people, ineptitude on the part of the temple priests, and the failings of their children did not keep God from grabbing the moment and doing big things in our world. It was not up to the comparative church of their day to get it right, because God is God. And God will be good, no matter what is going on around us. God continues to move in our midst and will not be hindered. It is not up to us to get everything exactly perfect, have the most impressive church ad campaigns, create the most innovative church growth strategies that can be promoted all across the internet, tweak our ministry programs in just the right way to appeal to the masses play the right songs with the right arrangements at our worship, or any other such attempts at church perfectionism. God's call comes to us in many varied and surprising ways, just like it did for Samuel at a time when the word of the Lord was rare and visions were not widespread. God spoke, God moved, and God was present in profound ways then. The same is true of our church these days. God calls us to be in a perpetual state of faithful listening. We can faithfully discern that Eli had never heard the word of the Lord speak to him directly throughout his whole life. The text claims that the word of the Lord was rare before our story took place, and it is likely that Eli went to his grave afterwards without anything changing. Even though he was a priest in God's house, He went his whole life without hearing the word of the Lord speak to him directly. Still, as Samuel mistakenly questioned him in the middle of the night, claiming that he had heard his teacher's voice, Eli knew that it was God beckoning to this young pupil. He knew this because he continued in that perpetual state of faithful listening. He did not know what he was listening for, but he could eventually recognize that God was talking when the day came. There is a significant example for us in how Eli listened throughout his life, even though he had no idea what the voice of the Lord sounds like. While there are several parallels that might be drawn between the church of today and the synagogue of Eli's time, there are many things that are different. What's more, there are many things that are sacred in our midst that should never be abandoned, and are part of our faithful listening for God through the ages and through the generations. The Reverend Jason Biasy, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, senior minister of Timothy Eaton Memorial Church in Toronto, had this to say when commenting on our first lesson for this week. He wrote, The church, like the synagogue." Is one of the only places in our culture where the young and the old make our lives together. Where else in our culture do people from four different generations entangle themselves in mutually dependent relationships without sharing the same last names? I've wanted to weep when I see parishioners sit together with great-grandparents or children often unaware of what a treasure they have. God is the God of all generations, ancient and new, and God needs us all together to make this the world that God dreams about. The church is indeed a place where those with different last names come together to do something familial and faithful. There are uniquely significant spiritual relationships that are formed when we worship and pray together. While we bring our differences with us to worship every week, we are also united in this sanctuary in deeply spiritual and prayerful ways that only really happen at church. Say what we will about how the power of what the church offers is lost to the wider world outside of this place. Those who are present in person and online know that God speaks to and through those who remain in that perpetual state Of faithful listening. So sisters and brothers, let us continue to wait and listen for the words and visions that only the Lord can provide. The Lord speaks to those who listen patiently and steadfastly for the Lord's timing. And even if God does not speak to each of us directly, we can be there to support others when God speaks to them like Eli being ready to help Samuel understand who is really beckoning to him. We can be there to support one another in whatever way God calls us forward. May you be blessed in your faithful listening. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you.